Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes, and we are finally talking about a win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know, wow. Second game of the season and they get their first win. A 7-2 shellacking of the Columbus Blue Jackets and everything that went wrong against the Sabres on opening night, a 3-1 loss, of course. Um, it was all, it went right tonight. The Penguins righted the ship, they corrected their mistakes, and it was just a 60-minute complete domination of the Columbus Blue Jackets, putting up seven goals against their rookie goaltender who was making his NHL debut, in fact. Um, he, he had played in the KHL. I'll have to learn how to pronounce his name uh, over the course of uh, the season because I'm sure he'll probably play again or it could be uh, Corpusalo. But um, I think we'll just start with the defensive effort. Um, this was a much better performance. They were getting the puck up the ice. They weren't being hemmed in their own zone. Um, and also, I think the big thing they turned the they coughed up the puck 17 times in the season opener. Only two giveaways were credited uh, to the Penguins in this game. A much, much big better improvement in that area of the game. It looked a little sloppy, I'd say maybe at the start when the Penguins got a power play. Boone Jenner got a semi breakaway, but other than that, the Blue Jackets they didn't really get a lot of big chances. I'd say um, during the game. Uh, their first goal by, by Wierenski, uh, that was just a, um, it was just a bunch of chaos in front of the net, and Murray had no chance on it. Um, but that was really it, because uh, the second goal, of course, by Gustav Nyquist came in garbage time. But just a much better defensive effort. Um, they they changed up the pairings, which was much needed. Uh, Dumoulin, and Chris Letang were uh, great this game after a really bad uh, first game. First game, excuse me, Latang had a gold on the power play to make it five to one. And they put Marcus Pedersen with Justin Schultz, and it worked wonders. Um, Justin Schultz usually struggles next to Jack Johnson. I mean, who who doesn't? But um and uh, and but but they put Pedersen there, and Pedersen also had a goal tonight. He he looked really good next to uh Schultz, and that needs that that pairing needs to stay the rest of the season. Um, you can't keep uh separating those two. They work well together. Uh, Johnson in his first um, excuse me, Schultz, um, in his first period away from Jack Johnson, actually, um, his Corsi four was much better than his uh his Corsi against. Um, and, and it's usually the other way around when he's with Jack Johnson. If I have the numbers, uh, right here, yep, eight, uh, eight, four, four against his last game when he was with Jack Johnson against the Sabres, 12, four, 26 against, uh, I know it was bad. It looks like in the second period, 10, uh, four, 16 against, but, um, it looks like it did rebound a bit. I'd have to uh, look at the numbers for that, but still much better game from Schultz. They need to keep that pairing going. And then the third pairing was Johnson and Goodbranson. Um, yeah, just hearing that is a little bit scary, but uh, they played fine tonight. And uh, speaking of Jack Johnson, as we're going to keep talking about him, uh, we almost had a goal from him. The first goal of the game was originally credited to Jack Johnson, which, of course, created a frenzy on Penguins Twitter because, you know, Jack Johnson is upping that trade value a little bit in case he maybe gets dealt when Brian Russ comes back. But, um, yeah, he had a nice shot, but it was then it was credited to Hornquist. But you know, Jack Johnson actually played a, a fine game tonight. I, I, you know, give credit where credit is due. Johnson played fine tonight. Um, credit credited. Um, it was a blowout <laughs> during the second period, so he didn't really have to do much in the third period, of course. But in the first period, um, after I caught on, I was watching the um, the Virginia Tech Miami game. In case you guys don't know, I go to Virginia Tech. They are. Uh, my favorite program. So I was not watching at the at the original start of the game. I did catch up though. 
But um, when I did tune in, I thought Johnson was fine tonight. I mean, low bar to cross, obviously, was how some of his play was last year. Or, well, most of it, I should say. And I really thought Eric Branson was fine. I thought it was a really good night for the defenseman. Um, just, you know, like I said, getting pucks uh, up the ice, moving it, uh, not being hemmed in their own zone, not making bad pinch- pinching decisions, uh, no turnovers. Not, and they also cut down on the two-on-ones allowed. Um um, of course, in the last episode, I talked about how Mike Sullivan was very upset at the end of the preseason and, of course, at the end of the opening game because the Penguins just allowed so many odd man rushes. And that was an issue that plagued them in this series against the Islanders when they were just making all those decisions. But um, it, it, they totally completely went away tonight. It was a 60-minute performance. And, um, yeah, it was, that, was, that was just great um, by them. I think moving uh, f- uh, forward, I, I do think want to. Um, oh, one of the things in the game that also happened was uh, Sidney Crosby dropped the gloves. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it's not a what's the word I'm looking for here. Uh, it's not too often that you see uh, Crosby drop the gloves in a fight, but he did. Pierre looked Dubois and Sid fought. It wasn't too big of a fight, really. I mean, they threw a couple punches. I'd maybe say Sid got the better of him. But that was in response to Dubois getting Gensel up high, and Sid took. Um, Sid did not take lightly uh, lightly to that. And this was at the end of the second period, and that's when uh, Chris Letang um, got the power play go towards the end when the Penguins got a power play towards the end of the five-minute major. But, um, yeah, uh, it's not too often you see Crosby get into a fight. Um, he stood up for Gensel. Um, I did see a tweet from uh, Ryan Wilson during the game. Shout out to him. He said, uh, maybe Jim, this will make Jim Rutherford spend his first round pick on another enforcer. So uh, <laughs> I, get, I got a couple uh, chuckles out of me. Um, but but yeah, I, 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 it, that was interesting. Um, another thing, of course, uh, there is a couple, maybe, I think there maybe could be one bad thing to come out of this game. Evgeny Malkin um, took a awkward fall, I'd say. He was coming onto the ice, Chris Letang was coming off, and he accidentally tripped over Latang's skate. And it was just an awkward fall. He kind of went into the boards and then was just walking very gingerly down the tunnel with the head trainer, uh, Chris yeah, Chris Stewart. And then apparently uh, Chris Stewart uh, came back out, uh, spoke to Mike Sullivan and them. And uh, Gino did not return to the game. This was in the second period. Yeah, I believe this was the second period. Um, you know, maybe he did, they didn't bring him in because the Penguins were blowing them out, but uh, hopefully this is not a, a a serious injury. The Penguins will need Evgeny Malkin each game. Um, it would not be good if they would be without him for any uh, length of time because he's just obviously one of the best players in the world and obviously one of the best players on the team. Another injury I think I saw towards the end of the game, Nick Bukestad. Uh, I didn't really see what happened with him. Apparently Bob Barry on the broadcast was talking about how he was wincing um, after he p- apparently got hit, but he finished his shift, but got to the bench, was st- sitting there, and then he got up and was followed, by, I think, by Chris Stewart, and he didn't return. But also, this was when it was 6-7-1, uh, so of course he wasn't going to come back in. We'll be uh, reading updates, I'm sure, from Mike Sullivan very shortly, probably when I'm honestly recording this. Um, there could be some updates uh, coming out. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it was just, a, like I said, great game from the Penguins, 7-2 win. Good to get on the win the winning column, one and one on the season before their third home game of the season. And I believe that's against the Vegas Golden Knights, if I'm not mistaken. 
Um, I'm just I'm just double checking here. No, no, not the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm sorry. Actually, no, they have two more home games coming up. Uh, they started out the series with uh, season with a four game home standard. They'd be the Winnipeg Jets this Tuesday at PPG, followed by the Anaheim Ducks coming to town on Thursday. I think um, also one of the big things uh, to come out of this game was uh, the play of Sidney Crosby. Um, I already know. I already talked about how he got into a fight, uh, almost had a Gordie Howe hat trick. But wow, was he ever noticeable on this ice? And I mean, we knew this was going to happen. Um, we knew he was going to bounce back after that poor outing. He almost never has two bad games in a row. I mean, he only ever seldomly has that. Um, he had a. a um, Absolutely disgusting pass um, in the third period to Patrick Hornquist to make it seven-one. That's right. Yeah, he he kind of like he like went around the defender. Almost, it was almost like almost like a no-look pass, and he just now I'm here. I'm looking at the replay. He puts the puck in between his legs and just passes it almost no look behind the defenseman Patrick Hornquist just finishes it past the goalie it was a pretty it was just a sexy uh, play and just a peak Sidney Crosby play honestly because you know that that's that's what he does you knew he wasn't going to be quiet for another game and um I thought Jake Ensel looked good I know he didn't score but um I think it was another uh it was a good game for him he'll get his goals and also Patrick Hornquist got two goals tonight. All almost had a hat trick towards the end of the game. The Penguins were on the power play towards the end of the game. Hornquist got a shot um, in the slot, but fired it high above, um, hitting the um, the boards. Of course, I don't know why I'm mixing up some of my words tonight for some reason. Maybe it's because I'm late and I'm tired, but whatever. Um, he had a, he had a great bounce back game. Two nice goals from Hornquist. Um, and yeah, I mean, I said going into the season, I think he's going to have a really good big bounce back season. Uh, he wasn't, uh, he really wasn't uh, that good in game one. I know he set that screen on Malkin's goal, but still, I thought he he was fast tonight. He was going to the net hard. He got a couple goals. And that's just the kind of player that he is. When he's healthy, he's doing all these things. He's, scor- he's scoring, he's scoring like that. He's going to the net. He's just he's doing all the things that he normally does. He's the menace that he is, and he looked great. And he also played on the third line tonight, which is a really good third line with Jared McCann and Nick Bukestad. I'll get to Jared McCann after this because he had a hell of a game too. But that's, I think, where he belongs now in this point of his career. He's over 30. I don't think he's fast enough to keep up with Crosby. I thought Dominic Simone looked really good up there. He still can't buy a goal. I'll get to him later. Um, but it's just, that's just where Cornquist now belongs. He, he can't keep changing up that right wing spot. I, I know it'll probably be changed up at other points this season, but you can't keep putting Hornquist, excuse me, at the, on the top line with Gensel and Crosby. I don't think it's too good of a fit anymore. It worked good when Hornquist was a bit younger a few years ago. I just don't think it's a good fit there anymore. And it, it worked wonders tonight with, with Bukes doing that McCann Bukes, that Hornquist line came out. They were just dominant on every shift, like getting chances, firing pucks to the net, <clears throat> and then I guess we'll just bring that into Jared McCann now because wow, uh, what a what a second game from Jared McCann. Um, two, um, <clears throat> excuse me, two goals tonight. One of them on a two-on-one, just a gorgeous shot. Um, went blocker side on Columbus's goalie, and and I just I love his celebrations too. <laughs> He, he looked he looked really fired up and 
Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought McCann was just he's showing that you know last season was not obviously any kind of a fluke or anything, and yeah, I mean, he was just he looks he just looks really fast this season. He looks good. All, just all that stuff. I don't, I'm running out of basically things to say, but I think he should stay. And he was moved to center, I think, a bit at this game because um, Malkin got hurt, then Bukestad got hurt. He looked good there. He can play center or wing, honestly. Uh, I think I, he looks better at wing, but he can play out either position. I don't think it's too big of a deal if you put him at center or wing, even though I would prefer him at wing. But he just he looked he looked so fast out there, um, tenacious as usual. He can play. Uh, the second power play unit, he's good and even straight. He can play on the PK. And, yeah, I, I thought McCann was great. Um, another player who I thought was really good tonight was, um, yeah, I'll just say Dominic Simone. Um, one of the goals actually came because Simone had that beautiful zone entry, which led to um, the Pedersen goal. Um, Crosby fed Pedersen right above the left uh, circle and it leaked past uh, the goaltender a little bit, but it was still a nice shot glove side. Pedersen gets his first goal and point of the season, and he looks like the real deal. Um, I know last season, you know, a lot of uh, games he played, played 84 games. I think that was the most games that he played of any NHL or last season. I think that ties um, the rookie record for the most games ever played by a rookie in a single NHL season. I'll have to go double ba- uh, double back and check that. But, you know, there were some questions going into this season. Um, you know, well, you know, is Patterson ready to be a top four defenseman? Is he ready to, um, is, can he produce the offense? At times last season, he was producing offense. At other times, he was just being good in his own zone. It's, I think it's all finally starting to come together. He can be like, yeah, he, it's like, like stumbling on my words again here, of course. But it's all coming together. He's good in his own zone. He was good. His shot was great tonight. It, it, it's just he keeps getting better and better, I would say, every game. And that's the thing that he's got to keep doing. Um, he's going to get minutes next to Justin Schultz. He needs to keep getting those minutes if they want to like really see what they have in this player because it's only his second year, full year in the league. He signed a one-year contract. If he keeps up this play, he's going to be in line for a lot of cash next summer. And uh, will the Penguins have the money to afford that? Uh, we'll see. Well, we'll see, considering all the Penguins free agents next summer that are going to have to get contracts like Matt Murray. Um, again, he was spectacular tonight, only two goals allowed. Um, he was bailing them out um, a bit, at, a little bit at the start of the game. I was seeing some uh, from some people on Penn's Twitter, but um, another sensational performance from Murray, keeping it up from the second half of last season and the preseason where he got a couple games of full action. Um, just a great game from him again. But, of course, going back to Pedersen, um, very strong game for him after um, a not so good game one, but also I mean, who really played good in game one except for Evgeny Malkin's line um, and him and Matt Murray. <clears throat> so kind of a uh, low bar to cross, I'd say. But yeah, I thought yeah he was outstanding. Also tonight, I think I would say was good. Was I think Alex Galchenyuk? He was he was looking at he was everywhere. I would say he almost he was getting really really close to get uh, scoring his first goal as a Penguin. Um, I think he had an assist tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think maybe it was a secondary assist on one of the seven Penguins goals. But it was towards the end of the game. Uh, it was a chaos in the crease, and Ch- Chucky was trying to go 
between his legs a little bit, I would say. And then he just, he couldn't corral the puck and uh, put it in the net. I think it was just, uh, it was it was on edge, I think, and Galchenyuk couldn't put it in. But, um, yeah, he's he's looked really good these fast, he's, these first couple of games as a Penguin. He looks good next to Evgeny Malkin. I know Malkin, of course, exited with an injury, but even when Malkin went out, um, he still looked really good when um, I think McCann was filling in at center uh, for him. And, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if he, yeah, I'm sure he's going to keep this up. It'll be interesting to see when he gets that first goal as a Penguin and how many more that he gets considering he was the main piece brought over in the Phil Kessel trade. Um, I also thought that, um, ah, oh, this player is eluding me who also had a really good game. Um, well, I, well, now that I thought about it, Chris Letang, big bounce back game from him. Um, you knew that was coming. Uh, number one defenseman, um, Oh, now that now that I thought of it, it was the fourth line that I'm gonna bring up next. But um, number one defenseman, you knew he was gonna have a much better game. Had a power play goal, rifled it past the goaltender. Um, also it was really close to a second goal. He rifled it past the crossbar, and this was in the late stages of the second period. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was rifled past the crossbar. Could have been a lot worse for the Blue Jackets if he had uh, made that, and some of the other chances that the Penguins squandered a little bit. But, um, yeah, great bounce-back performance from him, as I said. Um, the defense, uh, as I said earlier, looked great. Um, I also wanted to take the time uh, to talk about the fourth line. Um, this fourth line for the Penguins is probably the best one that they've had, like, skill-wise, since the back-to-back Stanley Cups. And I say that because, I mean, obviously Teddy Bluger had his goal tonight. That was a nice uh, wrist shot uh, towards the late stages of the game that, to put out the extra point for the Penguins. But you can put him on the fourth line. Uh, Dominic Cahoon, who registered his first point as a Penguin. I believe it was him that had the assist on that goal. Yeah, yeah, it was. And Zach Aston-Reese, I thought he enjoyed a very strong game. They're just, they're like so ferocious. They're so tenacious. They're fast. And there's, there's, there's such a lot of skill on that line. And that's been lacking so much these last couple of seasons for the Penguins because they employ, they employed players such as like a Garrett Wilson, some people were, I think, were a little higher on him than they really should have been. I didn't really think of him as much as more than a 13th forward. I didn't really think he deserved to play every game. Um, there, of course, there was Ryan Reeves at times. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, like there's just there's just so much skill that you can put on this fourth line because the Penguins are just so deep at forward this, this year. And especially when Brian Russ comes back, hopefully the Evgeny Malkin injury is not serious, of course, or Nick Bukestad. When they're fully healthy with those 13 forwards, there are not many four groups in this league that I would rank better than the Penguins. I mean, I think, maybe, of course, Tampa's are really, really good. Boston's are really good. Toronto's are... I, I'd probably put Pittsburgh's over Toronto's, but Washington's are obviously really, really, really good, um, especially after signing Richard Ponick. And uh, Garnet Hathaway, he's quick keep, keeping Carl Hagelin. But there are just not a lot of uh, four groups in this league that are better than the Penguins. And you saw tonight they they were they were a difference maker. They were uh, I think I would say they were seizing the momentum a bit when the Penguins were starting uh, a bit slow during the game. They got some shifts in. They were getting some scoring chances. And I think obviously they're gonna like they're gonna be rotating throughout the season. Um, when Russ comes back, they can move him down there, Tanev. But uh, I think Tanev looks really good next to Malkin's line. He was outstanding tonight. He was fast again. Got a couple chances. Didn't convert, but I think they'll be coming. Um, same with Dominic Simone, obviously, with the Crosby line. I, feel, I kind of just feel bad for him at this point. Like, like he's so good at uh, zone entries. He's fast. He can rip it to the net. But 
I mean, he had a goal, I think, stolen tonight from David Savard in the goal uh, in the goal crease, I think. Uh, he was about to go in, and Savard just whacked it out. So I'm kind of starting to feel bad for this uh, this player, even though I am high on him. And, you know, there's a segment of the Penguins fan base that, like, they just they can't stand Dominic Simone because he doesn't score. And, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, for the longest time, I'm one of those people that, like, I've, I've been confused as to why Brian Dumoulin does not score it as much. I really don't know why, considering he's just so good in the defensive zone and he gets chances that he just he just doesn't score. And that's why it's so awesome whenever he scores because it's like, holy crap, he actually he's good at producing offense. He can get those some of those assists. Like now it's time for him to just chip in a little bit. And that's the thing with Dominic Simone. Like he, he drives play, he drives possession. His own entries are great. He just can't like buy stuff on the score sheet. And I, it'll come. It, it's it's gonna regress. It has to. I mean I <laughs> it can't go on this much longer. It's just, uh, it's a little sad. But you know, I'd keep him on the top line. Mike Sullivan had a quote the other day how much he loves him up there, and I know that probably ticked off a lot of the Penguins um, fan base, or well, a segment of them. But you know what? Whatever. He drives play. He's good up there. Keep him. But I guess I'll back to wrap things up with the fourth line. Um, they were really good. I hope that fourth line stays intact. Uh, Teddy Bluger is going to be, I think, a really good fourth line center for this team. Wouldn't be really surprised if he chipped in maybe 10, 12 goals this year. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, this was also, I think, Dominic Cahoon's best game. Um, I know I talked about it in the last episode. He didn't really have a good training camp, apparently. His preseason also wasn't too kind. That first game wasn't too kind. This game, he lo- he was looking much better. He's accumulating himself on the team. I know second game, we'll see how it uh, goes. But this was a, st- uh, a stepping stone, I think, for him to you know establish himself as a good winger. Um, that he can play, and of course he can play anywhere in the lineup, but for right now, he's on the fourth line. Uh, and yeah, I'm curious to see how long they keep this fourth line together. I'd keep it together for a while, even when Rust comes back, and of course with Malkin and Bukestad. Um, As I said, coming up for the Penguins, uh, they will be playing the Winnipeg Jets, uh, who had a big comeback against the Devils the other, uh, the other night. I think they wanted a shootout after being down four goals. Um, they're still missing Dustin Bufflin, who could potentially retire. Uh, that's not uh, good news for a defense that also lost Jacob Truba. Um, the Winnipeg is an interesting team, I'd say, this year. But um, they have P- Pittsburgh as then coming up. Then, of course, like I said, uh, the Ducks, before I believe they go on the road. Um, yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, they go to Minnesota. They actually play Winnipeg. Um, five days later in Winnipeg and then they come home to play the Avalanche and the Stars and the Golden Knights. So that'll, I think that'll wrap up this edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Um, great to get a win. Uh, always great, especially against the Blue Jackets, the Penguins. I think they've won now, is that eight straight home games against the Columbus Blue Jackets if I remember correctly? Um, this is a team that they um, they own a lot of the time. There's a reason why people call them the little brother of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it'll be, I think it's going to be an interesting season for the Blue Jackets season. They did not look good tonight at all. Um, they were definitely uh, missing Panarin and uh, Duchesne and all them, especially Sergei Bobrovsky. He ain't walking uh, out uh, those doors this year, folks. I think it might be a long year in net for the Blue Jackets. Uh, yep, that'll wrap things up, I think. Um, this has been the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, if you would like, please subscribe on Apple and Spotify. That would be outstanding. Follow my Twitter at Hunter Hodes. And there's also a Twitter account for the Locked On Penguins podcast. It is um, LO underscore Penguins is what it is. And I will be tweeting my thoughts about the games on that 
our Twitter account as well as tweeting out the episode. So definitely give that a follow. Um, you can also head to my Twitter account, my regular Twitter account, at Hunter Hodes to follow it. And we'll be chatting with you guys tomorrow uh, on the next episode. All right. Take care, guys.